Hello, active and inactive listeners, you monarchs here to behold this swelling scene. I'm Dob Birch, and this week's guest hosts are the incomparable Imogen and Mariah Smythe. Hello! We're bringing you this week's arts news, plus an excerpt from Chapter 1 of Bron Talbot's Arden Mystery, Tyne of Death 633, After the Cheese Plate, There Will Be Blood. Plus hot goss from Arden County. No. We're spilling the tea! No! On The Horned Moon Presents. The Horned Moon Presents broadcasts on 96.5 KMEW. Meow! The cat. Bringing up-to-date arts coverage to Milford Haven, Padua, Verona, Elsa, Nor, and the unincorporated area of Rome. This is day 36 of the banishment of the beloved Madeline Waddle. We're not supposed to talk about Waddle on there. We've been in contact with Waddle and are happy to report she's in good spirits and holding up well despite being very anxious to return to the airwaves. We really can't. Let's just talk about this week's arts calendar, shall we? This Thursday, it's another night at the studio as Claude Perkowski and the Green Folk are wrapping up the Primrose Path by wrapping 3,000 river rocks in biodegradable pastel paper ribbon. Once wrapped, participating artists will be liberally strewing the rocks in the wild places of Arden County. We'll be there. We are Ardent Green Folk, where Lucretia Paget leads we enthusiastically follow. Anyone can attend the night at the studio, provided they supply 15 yards of their own acceptable ribbon. You can purchase acceptable ribbon at the studio for $17.34 per yard. That is a very specific price. Art requires specificity. This weekend, Rosie is back at the Athenian stalls. Head on down Friday and Saturday at 7.30 p.m. No cover, and the stalls are currently serving a seasonal spring cocktail, the Mayflowers. Floral, a little spicy, and very intoxicating. Wrapping up this week, don't miss Bron Talbot down at the Little Academia Bookshop in Nor this Monday night, where he'll be signing copies of Tide of Death 633, the first in his Arden Mystery series. He's planning more? It's a whole universe, Dob. Detective Welch is an icon like Miss Marple and Sherlock Holmes. Surely that's premature praise. You can judge for yourself, Dob, as we read Chapter 1 today on air. We're just reading an excerpt. That's what you say now, but believe me, once you pick it up, you won't be able to put it down. I don't think that Stockyard Market Watch will appreciate that. Now, Imogen and Mariah, you're not just here as guest hosts, but also to talk about the conclusion of the Primrose Path. But first, Dob, don't we get some time for some off-the-cuff chit-chat? That's what you and Waddle do. Yes, that's what Waddle and I do, but with guests, we find it's more helpful to have some more structure. Well, we're more than ready. We've been preparing talking points. Waddle told us about her process. We kept an ear to Arden County's ground. A finger to the pulse, you might say. We paid attention and we know what's happening in the community and we're prepared to exchange insightful opinions with you about them. First off, ripples continue to impact ART from the truth bomb that was the revelation of the board members. We've specifically been asked not to discuss the interior workings of ART. People feel like I may have a conflict of interest. 
Well, don't worry, Dob, because it's not the interior workings of ART that interest us. On the contrary, the revelation of the ART board members has coincided with famed ardent author Brown Talbot. He's a lumberjack. He's written one book, and it was just recently published. We can now confirm that famed Arden author Bron Talbot and honey goat cheese Dahlia magnate Agatha Valmont are in a relationship. This has, of course, been rumored for years, but could never be confirmed as they were very careful to not be seen together. We can only assume that the recent revelation of the board evidently means that all bets are off and nobody feels like playing games anymore. Why would we assume that? Talbot and Valmont made their first confirmed public appearance together at Cressida Vineyard's Gala Under the Stars, where Valmont wore a gorgeous bronze gown designed by local costumers turned fashion house helmet and jurgen. Dob. What are your thoughts on the couple going public? We, for one, are not surprised in the least. Good for them, I guess. I don't know that I'm comfortable discussing... Also seen together at the gala, Mason Birch and Diana Pureblind together again despite the scandal. Thoughts, Doc? No comment. But surely you know if they're together again. No comment. They are! You do know! Look, I'm not going to talk about it. Let's just say that Phoebe's investigation and subsequent retraction has improbably smoothed a lot of ruffled feathers. Mason is happy. Diana seems happy when I see her. Do you see a lot of her? Is she coming over for Sunday dinner with the family? I don't go over for Sunday dinner with the family. Oh, your poor parents. You live so close and can't drop by for dinner. Shame on you, Dob. Sadly, however, this whole sorry situation isn't without victims. We have to report that things have definitely cooled between Waddle and Pete Neptune. I've still seen her at Neptune's Honey every time I've been there. They seem fine. We didn't say they'd broken up. Things have just cooled off. Evidently, Pete didn't really feel like they were at the put-your-career-in-jeopardy stage of a relationship. I don't think Waddle thought they were e there either. She just got overexcited. You know how Waddle can be. Carrying on a secret romance is not something Waddle was built for. She's a pathological open book. She does tend to wear her heart on her sleeve. But regardless, we're not supposed to talk about her. Let's talk about the Primrose Path. It just seems unfair that everyone else walks away from Phoebe Gherkin's unnecessary attack on ART scot-free except Waddle. Waddle's leave has nothing to do with ART. It's a disciplinary measure because she failed to disclose a conflict of interest and defamed one of our advertisers. Now, the Primrose Path. It's been several months, many installations and performances, and now all culminating next weekend with the Grand Cacophony. What can Ardinians expect at the conclusion of this ambitious piece? Oh, it's going to be spectacular. Claude and Lucretia will be performing their 45-minute epic poem, Trod Ye the Little Flowers, followed by 15 minutes of bell ringing from every church in Arden County. I am not looking forward to that. What do you think the overall impact of this work is going to be for the county? Lucretia's fearless leadership is a beacon. The whole community really got into it, and it's been a great experience. Plus, funnel cakes. Yeah, I mean, everybody likes funnel cakes. And, you know, Claude has been such an inspiration as well. Who knew he had such a rich depth of soul? It's a pity Waddle won't be able to take part. She can take part. 
No, well, she's on house arrest. She can't. She's not nope. on house arrest. Pretty much. There was an independent review of her conduct by all the upper management at KMEW, and the conclusion was clear. You sound like you think she did something wrong. You know what? We're running out of time. So, folks, be sure to check out the last remaining events of the Primrose Path. And for now, please sit back and enjoy this reading from Bron Talbot's new book, Tyne of Death. 633. After the cheese plate, there will be blood. Go! Yes, I'm so excited for this! Time of death, 633. After the cheese plate, there will be blood. First in the Arden Mystery Series. Chapter 1. The salad fork was used, as its name implied, for the salad. Its broken was reserved for the main course. For at the height of Helena Fitzwilliams of the Padua Fitzwilliams annual brioche and beer dinner, Aloysius Teapot, a man of good humor but searing intensity, slumped over dead as the steak on his plate. Between his shoulder blades, a fork stood at attention like a flag planted on a far distant planet. It was a rare sight to be seen around such an august table. His wife petted him with a delicate and liver-spotted hand, saying to the assembled guests, Give him a minute. He will get butter. But Mr. Teapot did not get butter. He's toast. Muttered Mr. Darby Fitzwilliam, the hostess recently bankrupted cousin. Poor Mrs. Helena Fitzwilliam, her party was ruined by the resequit weeping and wailing. Fearing she might land in hot water if she did otherwise, Mrs. Fitzwilliams cautiously phoned the authorities. Detective Welch Rabbit arrived some time later. The good detective was slightly sauced, but understanding his responsibility, he proceeded to give all the attendants a good grilling. One by one, he called them into the parlor. First, there was the young socialite heiress to the Piddle Petunia fortune. Misty Piddle. Miss Piddle was quite a dish, as sweet as apple pie, all bouncy curls and long lashes. Detective Rabbit had not expected Miss Piddle to be well acquainted with Mr. Teapot and assumed the interrogation would be perfunctory at best. He was therefore not really listening when he asked, Miss Piddle, how did you know the deceased? Al, oh, I hardly knew him at all. So then you have no idea who might want him dead? Well, he'd been in need of bread lately, said he was in quite a jam after a business deal went bad. And of course, Mrs. Teapot... The recently widowed Mrs. Teapot. Al was a secretive man, you know, and he said if she learned any of his secrets, his goose would be cooked for sure. Very interesting, Miss Piddle. Very interesting indeed. Detective Rabbit dismissed Miss Piddle back into the dining room and summoned into the parlor the rakish and debonair pilot and nephew to the deceased. Lieutenant Stu Mulligan. Lieutenant, what do you have to say for yourself? Should I stick with my name, rank, and serial number? You've been seen about town furthering your time away with any number of unsavory characters. That's raising some suspicions. <sighs> You sound just like Uncle Al. Was there bad blood between you and your uncle? Not until recently. I always liked old Uncle Al. He was a real pip. But he denied me my allowance this month, accused me of loafing around, and suggested I get a real job and support myself. 
<laughs> a ridiculous idea, really, when one considers the cost of good mustache wax these days. I must admit the whole situation left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. You fought with your uncle on this subject? Well, I admit I was a little steamed, but Uncle Al? Uncle Al would fight over anything. He never needed a raisin. He got his just desserts, if you ask me. I am asking you. Are you saying you don't care at all that your uncle's been murdered? I suppose he got a raw deal being stabbed in the back and all, but I can't say I'm surprised. And where were you when the murder took place? Around the table, just like everyone else. Within reach of the deceased? Just like everyone else. There wasn't much room. You don't think I did it? I'm ruling no one out at this point. I would never kill Uncle Al. I know which side my bread is buttered on. Detective Rabbit considered this as Lieutenant returned to the dining room. Next to be questioned were the recently bankrupted cousins of the hostess. Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Darby, Darby Fitzwilliam. Fitzwilliam. Mrs. Fitzwilliam was ushered into the parlor by her solicitous husband and then left to face the searching eyes of Detective Rabbit on her own. Now, Mrs. Fitzwilliam. Did you notice anything unusual about the victim at tonight's to-do? What? Oh, I'm sorry, Detective. My nerves are completely fried. That's understandable. I was asking if you'd noticed anything unusual about Mr. Teapot tonight. Mr. Teapot? Oh, no, not, not at all. Well, I'm sure it's nothing, but he and my husband seem to be having a bit of a beef as we came into dinner. What were they discussing? I, I didn't quite hear all of it. Something about investments. Mr. Teapot seemed almost ready to boil over. That wouldn't go against the grain for him, as I understand it. Were they close, your husband and Mr. Teapot? Uh, not at all. They were like apples and oranges, water and oil. Couldn't be more different. Like I said, Mr. Teapot seemed pretty upset, but my Darby just shrugged it off. I asked him about it as we sat down, and he said Teapot had jumped out of the frying pan and into the fire, but he'd learned his lesson. Is it possible your husband and Mr. Teapot were in business together? I understand he'd had a run of bad luck of late and was running low on dough. Oh, good gravy, no. Well, I mean to say, I don't know. I'm utterly clueless about all that business stuff. Oh, poor Mr. Teapot and Mrs. Teapot, as if she hasn't suffered enough. Yes, I'm sure this evening has been quite trying on her. Oh, not just this evening, Detective. But, well, I don't like to gossip, but if you have to know the truth for your investigation, don't you? It does make things easier. Everyone knew Mr. Teapot and Miss Piddle had well been uh, spooning, to put it delicately. Everyone knew? Mrs. Teapot included? Oh, yes. I heard she walked in on them in her very own bedroom, naked as Adam and Eve, in the garden at Vidam. Teapot was Piddle's sugar daddy. Something like that. And how did Mrs. Teapot react to this revelation? Well, she didn't like it, I don't imagine. She couldn't have found it appealing. But she's of the old school and never said anything about it to anyone. It just wrangled herself a new San Valvere and from her husband. When life hands you lemons, you know. She made lemonade? And a lot of coffee. You've been quite helpful, Mrs. Fitzwilliam. Will you send in your husband now? Mrs. Fitzwilliam bobbed her head and left the room, leaving a trail of bobby pins behind her. Her husband entered the parlor, picking his teeth and looking at the portraits on the wall appraisingly. Detective Rabbit began his questioning. Mr. Fitzwilliam, I had the most revealing conversation with your wife. 
Don't believe a word she says, Welch. My little lamb chop is a sucker for gossip, loves it, relishes it even. The juicier, the better. Drives me nuts with all her suppositions and inferences and the like. So then you and Mr. Teapot did not have an angry conversation earlier tonight. Angry on his part, sure. He always was on the crabby side. I'm not so excitable. What was he angry about, exactly? You know it was the missus that controlled the purse springs in the teapot household, don't you? She was a sludge before she married. They're all pickled in money from birth. Silver spoons the whole nine yards. And recently, the old lady thought Al was less than chopped liver. And why was that? Because he'd been forking little Miss Piddle in there. Catch up, Welch! And Mr. Teapot was close enough to you to confide about his marital troubles? He was looking for a loan, go fig. Not to be indelicate, but I thought you had been recently bankrupt. The wheel of fortune, Welchie. Things have been tough of lately, but I just got a position at Halicanus Corp, a Padua office, a very plum position. I'll be bringing home the bacon again in no time. Did you agree to the loan? Of course not. I'm on a roll, but I'm not quite in my salad days again just yet. And you didn't see anything suspicious at the dinner table? I sure didn't see anyone drive a fork three inches into Al's back, if that's what you mean. Did you see anything out of the ordinary? Not a thing. You know how these affairs are. Terribly dull until someone dies, of course. Of course. Detective Rabbit dismissed Mr. Fitzwilliam and waited impatiently for the final witness, the very recently widowed Mrs. Teapot herself. Arrived in the parlor with far more composure than the detective expected, it threw him for a loop, and he paused for a moment, unsure of how to proceed. Mrs. Teapot, first, let me extend my sympathies for your loss. Oh, there's no loss, detective. I feel terrible they made you come down here for all this when it's just a harmless prank. A prank? Oh, yes. Aloysius has always been such a ham. He never could pass up a good joke. He'll milk it for all that it's worth, but then you'll see he'll be right as rain. I'm afraid I looked over the body quite thoroughly, Mrs. Teapot. Your husband is dead. Impossible, I assure you. Well, then, to pass time until the jig is up, perhaps you'd be willing to answer some questions. If you'd like, Detective. Has anyone fed you since you arrived? That Helena is a terrible hostess. Ring and ask for a plate. The cook here is really quite gouda. No, that won't be necessary, Mrs. Teapot. There have been some inferences this evening that your husband had run into some trouble, business-wise. Oh, I wouldn't know anything about that. I never took interest in Aloysius's businesses. Nobody likes to see how the sausage is made. I see. It's also been suggested that your husband and Miss Piddle were... were perhaps a bit too friendly. Are you suggesting infidelity, Detective? Aloysius knew better than that. I'd have made mincemeat out of him if he'd tried it. Sliced him and diced him to ribbons. Or perhaps lodge a fork in his back? Oh, I'd never do anything so messy. Or public. No, detective, I think you'll find poison is always the weapon of choice for the long-suffering wife. 
a joke. No suffering here. Aloysius and I have been two peas in a pod since the day we met. Now, if you're done peppering me with questions, I'll return to my meal. Yes. Yes, of course, Mrs. Teapot. You may return to the dining room. Do eat something, detective. It doesn't do to think so much on an empty stomach. Sage advice, Mrs. Teapot. Detective Rabbit considered everything he just heard and the terrible fate of Mr. Teapot. Motives were plenty, but means and opportunity to kill a man in cold blood in front of a table full of witnesses? That had him stumped. It was from the hostess herself, Helena Fitzwilliam, that the detective learned that the fish course was to have been red herring, which is exactly what he found in the kitchen. And we'll leave it there. Tyne of Death 633 is available at all the finer Arden County bookshops. Oh, we can't stop there, Dob. Yes, that's where the publisher said to stop. But we want to know about the herring. I thought it was the snapper that was red. We've got to wrap it up, folks. If you want to learn more about the herring, don't hesitate to stop by the book signing at the Little Academe Bookshop on Monday and meet the author himself. Well, I'm sorry we didn't get to talk more about the Primrose Path today. That's all right, Dob. We gave listeners an update on Waddle, and that was the most important thing. Was it, though? Give KMU a call if you'd like the Horned Moon to continue reading the juicy Tine of Death 633. No. God, please don't. Until then, this show is our show. And this dog is our dog. Go on, Dob. Do an Andre impression. Yep, yep. We're Imogen. And Mariah. And this has kind of been the Horned Moon Presents. Mm-hmm.